Welcome everybody to the next episode of the Pioneer Podcast and we are joined today by Andy Leroy, the head alpine coach of our great ski team here at the University of Denver. 24 national championships in the history of that great program. Andy, thanks for being with us today. I appreciate you having me. So just a couple of uh, high marks on your career. 15 years here at the University of Denver, six team national championships, 21 individual Alpine National Champions, an amazing record, Andy. Uh, let's start by talking about this past season. Uh, we had an incredible season going, had, had already produced two individual Alpine National Champions in the NCAA Championships. And literally in the middle of the championship, you're called off the mountain uh, with the COVID-19 uh, situation progressing. Uh, talk to us about how you dealt with that, how you addressed the team, um, and, and how you went through that day. You know, we had started with uh, Giant Slalom on Wednesday, and I think over those 24 to 48 hours, we had seen most of the other major sport teams start to shut down the NBA, um, the NHL, and so forth. And as those fell, we continued to progress in our championship. And you're right, after day two, the awards, the lunch, um, we returned to the hotel and have seen the emails to have canceled the season. It was, I think at the time, a little devastating to the athletes. We were kind of like, how could you do this? There are no cases reported in Montana. We only have two more days. Uh, let us finish. Um, but I think the team understood the importance of the decision and the fact that we just packed up and, and head and, and drove home the following day. Um, started, to, started to really ease the transition. You know, I think the athletes were concerned about their finals. Uh, but I spent the next day, honestly, I, I should have been upset about not finishing, maybe even frustrated or sad. Uh, but as a coach, I'm spending my entire time trying to, trying to prepare the athletes to be successful, not necessarily focused on the result, more in the preparation and, and setting the table, if you will. And what we were looking at to show up at that, uh, that slalom on Friday to finish out the championship was, was going to be something spectacular. So I drove home 11 hours the following day uh, uh, from Montana with a little bit of a smile on my face uh, trying to think of the roster that I was going to start that following day. Um, it was kind of, uh, it hurt a little bit to, to have not gotten in there, but it definitely made me smile to think of how, how strong of a team we had. We had four individual returning champions going into that race, and the only two that hadn't won maybe were my best two. Um, so having swept the podium at regionals the week before and having led the championship at the beginning and, and the two individual titles that you saw, uh, we kind of left there with a little bit of a little bit of laughter thinking this was about to be something different. I don't think we've seen something like that, uh, um, at least in my 14 years. So, uh, it was, it was good to get everybody home. And more importantly, I think good that everybody was safe because we returned athletes from literally all over the world in those previous week or two from Norway at world junior championships from Europe at some races all over Canada. So, uh, getting everybody home and safe and seeing that they're still safe three weeks later, definitely feels good and we know that we made the right choice. Well, Andy, we're also proud of you and the entire team um, for, for how you competed this year. Uh, even if the season did end uh, two, literally two days short, um, we know you were right there again for yet another national championship, team national championship, and we couldn't be more proud of you. Uh, let's switch to uh, an important place in this state around ski racing, and I know an important place in your life, Steamboat Springs. Uh, talk a little bit about Steamboat and, and, and what it's meant to you. 
Holy moly. Well, I was born and raised there to begin with in, in my entire adolescence, uh, growing up on Halsey Hill where they continue to host the NCAA championships every few years, um, being an athlete and, and uh, having my own flag in the wall of champions for having attended the Olympics in 1998. Um, Steamboat's always going to have a, a special place in my heart. I think even when people ask about where's your favorite place to ski, I, I still can't answer with anything but my biased Steamboat pick. Um, it was great. The support from the town, it seems like everybody in the town is part of the Winter Sports Club, whether you were an alpine skier or a jumper or a Nordic athlete or a freestyle or, or snowboard. Um, everybody was a part of it. So it's just what I did. I mean, I didn't have a babysitter. We hopped on uh, the bus and went skied for eight hours and came home. Um, it, was, uh, it was a wonderful time and something uh, that I love to continue to go back and I'm thankful that the NCAA championships continue to be there. I think I'm three for three on steamboat trips. Um, so we're looking forward to getting back there the next chance they get. So I haven't been up there yet. So, so sometime when I get up there, I got to get you to give me all the great places to go. Uh, Easy. So you mentioned, uh, you mentioned that you're, you're a, uh, we're on the Olympic uh, ski team and, and you have a great history as a skier yourself, an NCAA individual champion member of the U.S. ski team and a member of an Olympic team. Uh, can you talk to us about how your history and your level, high level of, of skiing as an individual has helped you in your coaching? I think it's allowed me to relate to my athletes um, closer than maybe some of the coaches that I had. Um, uh, my experience, um, some, of my, some of my highs and some of my lows, and certainly the path that I took was not quite uh, World Cup success. I, I had a birth at the Olympics. I always kind of hoped that I'd win the Olympics. I think that would have come the next time around, but uh, I had four knee surgeries by that point and it pulled out. But I think uh, uh, the adversity that I faced, certainly the coaches that I had along the way were, were hugely influential. Um, they've all been mentors to me, even my, my biggest rival right now, Richard Brokos at the University of Colorado, who I skied for. Um, these guys have helped shape my life. Uh, my father passed away when I was only one year old. So coaches along the time, they were, they were my role models. They taught me to shake hands. They taught me to look people in the eye. And I think those, those values have helped shape me as a coach today. Um, and certainly when we're looking for people here at Denver, um, we're looking for athletes that can win. We're looking for students. We're looking for great people. And I think the advantages that our program has over the others allow us to get that almost every time. So I'm thankful to it. And I think uh, my experience as a skier has been a huge part of that. So, uh, so I'm a flatlander, right? I didn't grow up in, in mountain country or skiing. So help somebody like me. Tell me why you love ski racing. What makes it so special that you've decided to dedicate your career to it? I think uh, why I've dedicated it on the college side, uh, is because of how much, how much influence we can have on an individual's life. I loved skiing for the sport. I don't think there's any other mode of transportation that you can cover so much distance um, without an engine. You know, we get to the top of the hill and one run may take 10 minutes over miles and miles of terrain and you're just coasting. Uh, so I think the, the freedom of being out there in nature and, and being a winter sport from Steamboat, uh, I've grown to love it. Um, but uh, it's hard to say the impact that you can just have as a coach. When I coached the club programs, um, you were out there to help them ski. And that was the main piece. And you only got a certain amount of time with those athletes. 
but I think in the college realm, you know, I get to know the athlete, their, their brothers and sisters and, and parents and grandparents and everybody that comes out and supports them. And it becomes so much more than just teaching them to ski. That seems to be the easy part because how well they're prepared before they get to us. Um, it's having such a bigger influence on their life, what they're studying, what they're going to go become. Um, I mean, we've had even some athletes that end up getting married from, uh, from meeting their, their spouse on our team. So um, impacts all over the place and, and something that I love to do. Yeah, I think that much uh, um, impact on everybody is something that drives me to continue here at the college level versus any other. Well, well, your team and, and many of the individuals on your team have excellent academic reputations on our campus. And it's even more challenging for them because unlike our other teams, they never compete on campus. All of their competitions, even the home competitions here in Colorado are, are somewhat away from campus. How do you balance that and lead them through that incredibly difficult competitive schedule and travel schedule and also the expectation that they're going to be excellent students here at the University of Denver? Well, well, let's let's start off here, Carlton. Don't feel bad for us. We are going to Aspen, and we were in Vail. <laughs> we went to Panorama. We were in Whistler. Good uh, point. So, so nevertheless, uh, I think the balance is something that uh, number one, we're trying to pick athletes that are prepared for the academic rigor of our school. That that's got to be something um, first and foremost. If they're not prepared um, at a high level, they're going to come to our program, and they're going to miss trainings. They're going to miss. Um, days they're going to spend too much time up night up at night uh, studying just to keep up so somebody that can knock out their work and spend the rest of their time on skiing is going to go further with our program um, but I think I've got a lot of support when I look at my other coaches and places like uh, Loveland Ski Area um, that's one of our partners Winter Park Aspen um, these places they roll out the red carpet for us they they open up the lifts at 6 30 in the morning for us to get out there and train for a few hours so we can still return to class at 11, 12 o'clock. So, uh, you know, the school allows our athletes to sign up for classes a week before the whole rest of the campus to make sure we get the right classes at the right times. And we provide tutors for almost every class. So when you pile all these advantages on the fact that as a skier, we ski all but the first month. We start in September, we're skiing by October. Well, when Loveland closes down um, to everybody else at the beginning of May, they reopen to us for six weeks and we ski until the last day in, in the middle of June. Um, so the benefits we have, even though our quarter system may go further, well, when we close up shop in November with our books, we move to the mountains. We spend a month training while everybody else is still taking their hardest term of classes until Christmas. So um, all of those advantages really, really allow our team to be successful on the slopes, off the slopes. Um, but it isn't easy. Uh, sometimes I sit back and I scratch my head thinking, I'm a ski coach, nowhere near a ski hill, but uh, look at the van of athletes I get to drive around. Uh, wouldn't change it for the world. And Andy, uh, something unique about skiing, I would think, is, is it's very much an individual sport. You know, you're going down that mountain alone, and it's just up to you to get to the bottom in the fastest time possible. What do you do and what does your team do to remain a team and really focus on that team environment? You know, there's a lot more to it. It does become very selfish and they know that when they get in the start gate, there's nobody that can help you. And it does become um, very single-minded focused at that time. But there are so many other team aspects that go into to preparing um, from, from the interaction that you have in the start, even the athletes that have finished will hop on a radio and report back to the start and answer questions and tell them about certain sections and how they're running. Um, that is an advantage for the next athlete. So even when we're training, we're timing every run, we're videoing every run, 
they can analyze each other um, one against another one against each other so there's a lot more team that goes into it and really the only selfish time is when you hop in that gate and, and don't have the help of others but uh, I think we do a lot of exercises we obviously lift as a team um, different from most other sports our men and women train together at all times um, so that brings another element into it and we do have Alpine and Nordic um, the sports are, are polar opposites of each other, but yet we do so many other activities together and there are so many countries um, that bring flavor to our workouts and to our interaction that it does feel like a team at all times, even though nobody ever gets to leave the start gate together. Andy, one thing that's important to all of us is, is we never accomplish anything alone. We need partnerships. We need the community behind us to achieve great things. And, and the ski community uh, around Colorado and beyond, not only the mountains where we train, but, but great partnerships you've forged in the ski industry. Talk a little bit about the importance of that in the program and the importance of, of the community. Uh, community's been incredible for us. We've had sponsors move into uh, areas around Colorado like Dolly and Sweet Protection. Um, during our time, Sync was created with, by one of our athletes on our team, Alex's father, Alex, uh, and Dan Lever, um, Snowbond, it's an indoor ski facility, just down about 10 minutes from campus, we use that. Um, there are so many synergies that we've really built over the years, Loveland, Winter Park, um, hopefully a few more like Aspen and Steamboat that will, will continue to thrive with us. Um, they've been amazing to us. We've done everything we could to try and find times to get out in the community and do some, um, some outreach. We've done things like Warriors Outdoors, um, where we're helping war veterans um, just go out and spend a day fishing out on my mother and father-in-law's lake, you know, listening to their stories and spending time with their kids throwing a, throwing a pole into the water. Um, I think we've done our championship uh, celebration dinner down uh, at a homeless shelter uh, or a food bank. I'm sorry, at a food bank, uh, just filling up uh, bags of beans because we're getting patted on the back a lot for what we do yet. Uh, we could spend some, some of our time a little bit better out um, giving back. And I think there are a lot of things to celebrate with our program. And if we're not spending a little bit more of our time out there getting back, then, then we're kind of missing the boat on it. Andy, what excites you about the future? Uh, what are you looking forward to next year and beyond with Denver skiing? Oh, I think there's uh, such a bright future for us. There are so many things positive in the state of Colorado for the Alpine skiing and for Nordic skiing around our campus since I've, uh, since I've joined Denver 14 years ago. It's just, it, it seems like it blossoms. There's another building and another beautiful opportunity everywhere. Um, I'd love to see us build locker room in the years to come, explore some, some further relationships at some of our ski areas so we have even better training than we currently have. Um, and, and see where we can go. I mean, expand this program. How many more athletes can I provide this incredible opportunity to? Um, I'm excited about where we're heading. I'm excited about the staff that I'm working with. Tyler Shepard, our associate head Alpine coach and our new Nordic coach um, from this past year from Finland, Tony Ropinen and his assistant, Rogan Brown. It, it seems like a wonderful group that's motivated for the future and our athletes that are returning seem happy as ever and, and hopefully the recruits will be too. Well, Andy, we're excited right there with you. Uh, we can't wait to see what the future holds in this a tremendously historic and incredible program that you've been such a big part of. Thank you to you. Thank you for your leadership. Thank you for your efforts as we continue to chase that national championship, but also doing it the right way with incredible people and incredible academic success. Andy, thank you so much. Appreciate your time, Carlton.